Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back for another episode of With Sonar. It is June 14th. We're here almost at the end of the first half of the year here, Tanner. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. The uh, The Fed is speaking right now. We've got Jerome Powell. He's giving a little talk on the state of the economy. Decided to pause interest hikes. We've got rate forecast potentially headed up. It looks like it. Anyways, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? That's what we're here to discuss today. But how are you doing, Tony? Tony? Yeah, I called you Tony. <laughs> Say clearly, I'm not doing very well. I, and it's funny because I called you Tanner literally like eight seconds ago. Yeah. So right, you're missing Tony. I'll let I am you missing know. Tony because normally it's hey Tanner then Tony. You know. So I was just I was going down the line there. It just so happens I went too far because Tony's not here. I, I'm in Tony's spot. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I'm missing. But uh, doing pretty well. Um, yeah. coming up on the not as well as you could be if I called you. If you call me by my real name, but it's okay. Yeah. Um. Coming up on the on the back half, really the last two weeks of the first half of the year, and we've had a pretty wild year when it comes to the freight economy. Juicy year. Juicy. Yeah. So interested to see what happens. But man, I'm really looking forward to Cleveland next week. Cleveland's gonna be good. Future supply chains next week. Uh if you don't have your tickets, then I'll I don't even know, you know, why why you're here. But uh it's gonna be a great event. We already have over a thousand people are signed up, registered for the event. Um, and that was, that was yesterday. Mm -hmm. It might even be higher than that. Now, a lot of people are signing up last minute. Yeah. I've actually saw a study that I think the last couple of years since COVID that people like the, the bulk majority of people aren't signing up for events until like the last week and a half. Yeah. So I expect to see what the total number. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think last week alone, we had 800 people. And so there was 200 people that signed up 250 people. I think about that signed up in the last like six or seven days. Yeah. So, uh, a lot, so. lot of sync there, but I think it'd be nice too. Cause we'll get to pick a lot of minds there of like, everybody's take on the markets. I'm curious to talk to other technology providers, what they're seeing. I'm curious to talk to some other shippers that I don't typically get to talk to. Not even just like the traditional shippers and procurement and transportation roles, but like what are the warehousing guys feeling? You know, what are the supply chain guys feeling? You know, and, 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 and really pick everybody's brain. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the first event where we've had like multiple people from every every segment, right? Yeah. I'm thinking in the past years, we've been missing a few people, but we really did a really good job about bringing every single piece of the industry in. And so we're going to have all the great minds there, a lot of really good speakers. So uh, it's going to be a long two days, but it's going to be an awesome two days. And with Sonar, we'll be hosted and uh, very excited. Halliburton awesome. and L'Oreal will be on the show. So we'll get two very different perspectives, somebody much more from the industrial and the energy space, such as Halliburton. And then, of course, from you know the CPG retail space uh, with L'Oreal, particularly in, in a very high margin industry, such as L'Oreal, one of the most respected companies in the world, too. Yeah, two very big shippers. So excited to have those on. No. It's going to be some 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 great episodes. Absolutely. Um now, we just finished one holiday two weeks ago. Mm. Now we're headed into another one. We're going to talk about the freight marks a little bit. Is it shaking things up? How is it shaking things up? You know, last week we talked about this. Tony was forecasting. Okay, he was forecasting. He was using the freightways forecast. <laughs> and it just so happens that it was right. So, But he got to look really smart saying that, yeah, rates are going to hit 226 by Memorial Day. And of course they did, but that's what our forecast says. 
Now our forecast is saying that rates are going to hit um, by 4th of July. We're going to hit around that 232, 233 range. Yeah, uh, I, I think... Currently sitting at 225 for reference. Yeah, so another six cents increase. Um, I think it's possible. I think really something that's kind of caught us off guard the last two or three weeks has been the West Coast. The West Coast has really kind of ticked up. Projections are up to about 6%. Yeah. Um, that's all the way up from 1% just about a month and a half ago. It seems that a lot of the spot market rates, especially in California and Arizona, have really, really starting to take off. So I think it's not, you know, perpendicular to the rest of the market. It is acting on its own a little bit, but I could possibly see that that 230 range, we, we might get there. Yeah, it really could. Um, and, and some of that could just be the holiday dropping it up. But yeah, there, there's there's also a lot of cares that have left the market too. So we, maybe we're feeling, feeling some of that. Volumes still haven't fallen off this year. Volumes have been very steady this year. So from a demand perspective, we haven't really lost anything, um, which I think is is interesting. I personally thought the demand bottom was in. Uh, not everybody agree with me, but uh, I think we'll find out here in a few months if that's true or not, especially with uh, those uh, loan repayments coming back. Yeah, loan repayments might definitely hit. It, no, it might not might, but it is going to hit discretionary spending and the amount of money that consumers are spending out in the market. But I don't know if necessarily it lowers the amount of freight that's moving in the market. I don't know. We're going to see. Um, I'm, I'm kind of starting to be on a little bit of the same boat as you. I, I do think that, that 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 dip, that 10 cent dip that we saw back in April in the spot market, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking that that wasn't going to be the bottom, but a little bit of things picking up here in, in certain spots of, of the nation is, I don't know, making me second guess that we, we might have seen the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Time, time will tell exactly where it lands. Uh, it certainly feels like we've uh, hit the bottom on the stock market. Good grief. We're up... Uh, about eight trillion percent oh. this year. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. Nasdaq's matter. up. Hold on, let me pull this up for us. Nasdaq alone is up year to date almost thirty eight percent, and the S and P thirty eight percent in a year. The S and is up almost fifteen percent year to date. I think if you would have asked anybody, hey, how do you think the stock market's going to be green or red moving in the post COVID twenty twenty three? I don't think Especially anybody with all the rate hikes. Don't think anybody would have told you we would have been all up thirty percent so far. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, yep. literally, the NASDAQ alone is flirting with 40%. Yep. And you were telling me earlier that out of the S&P, out of the 500 stocks or S&P, you said seven? Is that what you said? Seven stocks is seven what's made up? stocks are accounting for over 90% of the gain. Yep. That's all. Yeah. Seven good companies. All the rest are terrible. Which goes to show you that like, when you look at this, it's like, oh, the economy's having a great year. Stock market's up. da da Seven companies are massive companies like yep. Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Meta, Netflix, uh, not really Netflix, NVIDIA, right? They're crushing it. Yep. Nobody else is, right? And that's, I think, the same thing, right? We see that in the freight markets too. There are some companies that are doing very well right now. Very few. Yeah, yeah. But a few. So, um, so yeah, probably, probably important. Now, I don't think we have a uh, an index on the freight side that really makes the markets look better than they are because mm. we don't have a heavyweight like an Apple or Microsoft that account for such a massive percent of the market. Mm. But um, needless to say, markets are, are are headed up on the stock side. So it'll be interesting to see if the freight markets choose to follow that trend. Um, let's go ahead and throw the forecast up though for folks to see. So yellow line there is the actual uh, spot rate pretty much since the middle of March. Um, and where the blue line starts, the blue line is the forecast for the next 28 days. So you can see 28 days from now, it looks like we're going to end around 231, um, reaching a peak of about 233. Oh, that looks pretty good to me. 
not too bad. Uh, yeah, that huge V that you see there that I was talking about in uh, in kind of like the early middle of May, like yeah. I, that was I was like, wow, like ten cents in a matter of a few days, like that's a huge drop. But seeing that quick recovery that we had, like right back up to that two twenty three, two twenty four floor, um, that's impressive. And, and and looking at about another five to six cent, you know, jump that might not seem like much, Luke, but the fact that we've come down so far, like. Yeah, I think I think from what I've heard, especially on Twitter, people were like, "Just please, just give me something positive to hold on to." I, I think any inkling of positivity, and, and Zach Strickland actually told me today, he thinks that any small glimpse of of positivity or upward momentum in, in rates, he thinks that carriers are going to jump all over it. He thinks they're going to take every opportunity they can to try to continue to push those rates up, and they're not going to stop. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and it doesn't take long for a market to flip. I mean, two months and the market could flip. Good. It's a very short period of time yep. before everybody realizes what's happening. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of, lot of, lot of interesting things to take a look at there. The, um, what's interesting though, is like, while that's a little bit of a bump, I mean, if we were to zoom out on the chart, we don't have it here in front of us, but if we were to zoom out, the markets are still, I mean, spot rates are still down like what, 40% almost? Yeah. 40%. Almost. Yeah, forty percent, still way down. I mean, the spot market got way overheated, almost yeah. three fifty a mile, almost at one point across the nation. Right, even coming out of Florida, it was three dollars a mile. So yeah, it, it got super, super elevated. And I think, I think this business cycle in the trucking market, we've seen the super volatility of how high it went and how now low it's gone. It, it's really outside of the normal from what we ever seen. So I think reading data is become even more important during yeah. this business cycle than it has in the past. Absolutely. And the other thing to think about too with this is the, um, when, well, definitely the market overheated, right? Even though spot rates might be starting to see a little bit of life, contract rates still coming down. Still coming down and will continue to fall. Um, yeah. I think- So far behind. Yeah, there, people people are just thirsty for contracted volume. Yeah. They're going to continue to fall. I think we're at, uh, as of this morning, we're at about 239 let's just call oh, it 240 a mile you oh great you've got the got the chart up here yeah so looking at it contracted freight um, about 240 a mile line haul i think we've got probably another i'd say 30 or 40 cents a mile to fall um i think we're down close to 20 percent year to date already so um year to date it's falling quite a bit and i i think we're going to continue to see that there. yeah 239 you yeah, got it line haul right right on the money and really not that high off of where we started you know if you go back to what's that june of 2019 it's a little hard to read on the chart but you're about 205 a mile yeah about two yeah so so really only 35 cents above yeah i mean i don't know 35 cents is is a lot though if you think about it like percent yeah 18 percent and if you think that's from, from four years ago correct yeah it's a long time ago 18 percent in four years isn't Especially when you think about how much costs have gone up, insurance costs, right? And uh, equipment costs, all that stuff. 18% is not, it doesn't feel that significant. It doesn't. And one thing, one thing I think we're about to see leading into July is you can see on the chart we're looking at here at the peak of the market on June 1st of 2022. So you're talking about just 13 days ago from a year ago. Uh, the the contracted market peaked at about 298 per mile. So if you are a if you are a mid to large size carrier that locked in a contractor rate at the peak of the market on June 1st of last year, guess what? You have now lost that contract. That contract is gone. It's been 12 months. Your your business cycle, your locked in contract is over. If you're quoting that same lane and trying to keep that business, you're now losing about 60 cents per mile overnight. 
Yeah. So you, you went from making 298 per mile uh, up until, you know, May 29th of this year. And then you went and all the way down to about 240. Yeah. So it's been rough. Yeah. And and while even though we're seeing a little bit of life in the spot race, this is line haul only for contract. So the line haul only contract is still about 14 cents per mile higher, 13 cents per mile higher than the all in spot rate, which includes fuel. Yep. So even if this were to come down to where spot rates are right now, this still has the advantage because you do get that fuel surcharge on top. Right. So there there is still a premium in the contract market compared to spot, but it is beginning to narrow. And I think it'll be interesting to see how far it narrows too. Like I, um, I mean, I spot rates did go. Spot rates went down to 2019 highs. Mm -hmm. They went down to 2019 highs. I don't know if contract rates are going down to 2019 levels. It's possible, but I don't know if shippers are going to negotiate that aggressive. Yeah, um, I, I think, I think some shippers are going to remember what happened to them in 2020. Yeah, I think some of them are going to forget. Right, some yeah. of them, they're going to get, they're going to go right back in that same trap that they did during COVID at the beginning where they just got absolutely slayed in the spot market. But I think some are going to realize like, hey, whoa, 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 we're, we're, we're getting super aggressive here with the fact that we're probably might be losing some carriers, right? Some carriers might say, I, I just not going to haul business for you if you're going to be this cheap. So I think some of them are going to realize and remember what happened to them and fix their situation. So I, I agree with you. I don't necessarily know if we, if we dip all the yeah. way back down to that, like sub $2 mile line haul range. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they can get away with a little more than where it is today. They can get away with a little more. So we do expect those contract rates to fall some. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it would probably be wise for them to, to land somewhere around that 220, 225 mark, uh, much lower than that. And, you know, you start flirting with, is it really worth it, you know, to haul my freight, especially when the market starts to tighten up again. And with tender rejections already hitting 6% on the West Coast, that that's a sign. Yeah, if spot market starts looking, you know, appealing whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll have some that'll jump to it for sure. Definitely. All right, Tanner, I got to ask you. So it's summertime, mm -hmm. right? A lot, of, a lot of fun happens in the summertime, Bless. of course, right? You get to hang out with me, naturally. Uh, but aside from that, what is, what's your favorite like summer activity? Summer activity? Yeah. Going to a baseball game. Going to a baseball game. Yeah. Like any baseball game, it doesn't matter who it is, it doesn't have to be your team. Uh, well, see, the thing is that my team is the Dodgers mm. and LA is quite far from Chattanooga. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a jump, bit of a jump. I don't, I don't get to go to very many games. So I, I do, you know, when they come in town to the Braves, I'm, I'm at the Braves stadium when the Dodgers come into town every, every year in July. Um, but no, it doesn't matter, man. Cold beer, yeah. glizzy, sitting in the stands. Doesn't get much better than that. Having a good time. Having a good time. Having a good time. Yeah. No, that's great. Are you going to, so there's the uh, the baseball game. Uh, who Who's playing in yes. uh, Cleveland? Guardians versus the Athletics. The Athletics. That right. will be there. Tuesday. And I got I have a confession to make. I, so I don't really follow sports that much. Okay. I know. Woo, hush, hush, whatever. Um, I didn't know the Athletics, the A's, if you will. I didn't know that they existed until wow. that Brad Pitt movie, Moneyball. Yeah. I watched that movie and I was like, huh. I was like, interesting. I wonder what team they're referring to. Like when I, when they said Athletic A's, I thought they were kidding. I was like, oh, maybe they don't have the rights to use the real team's name. Yeah. Like I thought they were joking. And then I looked <laughs> it up later and I was like, Man, that's a real team. And you know, that's a true story. Yeah. Moneyball. And that guy actually spoke at the Freight Waves event two years ago. He did. He spoke, yep. well, he spoke at this event, the last this one in Arkansas. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so two Freight Waves events ago. Um, was it Bean, right? Billy, Billy Bean. Billy Bean. That's it. Is his name. Yeah. He spoke at the event in Northwest Arkansas. Yep. The future supply chain event. So, uh, moral stories. We get great speakers. She's yeah. come. Uh, <laughs> so what's your favorite activity to do? In this oh, you have, you have three kids. I do. 
So it's probably changed a little bit over time. So yeah. like, you know, like pre-kids, it's probably like, like I, I love being on the water. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, water skiing, just hanging out on a boat, you know, sailing, you, you name it, right? I, I'm in. Now it's probably changed a little bit. I still love water, but it's like, how can I, I got to entertain my kids. So like, I think we're, we're going to a pool, packing, packing the snacks, right? Laying out, getting a little sun, playing in the water, cooling off, throwing the kids in the water. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. Uh, and I'm th- not talking like a little kiddie pool. It's gotta be like a big pool and you diving, yeah. diving well, like, you know, the whole nine. I need, need the big thing. So that's, we're having a good time. Good. I like having the pool too. Yeah. yeah. Got to bring, bring a little watermelon. Yeah. I have a good time. You know, any kind of fruit is always good. Um, and you, yeah, you have a good time. Do you, uh, you grew up with super soakers? Yes. Yeah. They, they need, those need to come back. They need to come those back. They need to make a They comeback. need to come back. That'll bring the freight markets back. Yes. Elon, Elon Musk needs to build like an electric super soaker. Like, like just, we need, no, so we need super soakers, but then we need dad's super soaker. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, yeah. the grown up version. Yeah, exactly right. But like, you know, you kind of going against all the little kids in the neighborhood. Just be like, all right, yeah. come on. I still got it. On the golf cart. Just, that's right. That's right. All the kids <laughs> running. That's, good. that's, that's what we need. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. Uh, so if anybody out there, you know, if you know some supplies, so you can make uh, the super soakers. Uh, we're in. We're in. Happy. To, happy. To we'll we'll buy one and we'll get one here. On Water show. sports. Water sports. Absolutely right. <laughs> now, um, so coming back here to the freight markets just a little bit, right? We got to talk about this because truckload markets are down and contract rates are coming down. Specifically, the intermodal markets kind of sort of have spot, but like not really. Yeah, not in the same way that the truckload market has spot. So. There's a very small percent of the intermodal market that falls under spot. The vast majority, like way more, even like it's over 95% of it mm-hmm. is contract. And that's important because when we compare these falling contract truckload rates to where the intermodal market is, there's a big potential for some of that market share to be stolen away. Mm-hmm. So Tanner, at what point do you think it becomes attractive for a shipper to say, you know what? There's better service and faster on the truckload side. I'm going to pay a small premium and just ditch the intermodal side. Yeah, I, I think somewhere in like the 15% range. So I think I think there has to be a difference between 15% service leveled in order to pay that extra for that truck, right? Because yeah. historically and, and continues to stay that rail is is historically cheap. It is a cheaper right. alternative, but again, you're you're offsetting it with service. So it's slower. A lot of the times you get hit with like it, it ends up getting stored for a few days. You run into demurrage. Then you have to wait on a drayage care to pick it up. So and it, it gets touched, right? It gets loaded and what's, unloaded what's multiple times. Demurrage for folks that aren't familiar. Yeah. So demurrage is it's like you, you get a certain amount of time when the the box comes off the rail car that a drayage carrier has to pick it up. And a lot of the times, the the drayage company has no control over that. It's really up to the rail, right? And if the rail holds it and they tell you, well, you got 24 hours to pick it up. Well, if you can't find somebody to pick it up, they immediately start to charge you after 24 hours for holding holding that box. Yeah. Um, so a lot, that ends up, these extra fees end up being on added on top of what you weren't expecting to pay. It's kind of like detention for truckload. Yeah. Learn something new every day. I didn't know what the merge was. So maybe I'm the, maybe I'm the only per- person who didn't know. Thanks for sharing. Learn something new. That's why you watch with Sonar to learn things like that. Okay. The merge. That's a nice word. You can drop that in a conversation. Everybody's going to be like, whoa, okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, I'm going to guess most people who are watching the show did not know what that was. Probably not. I'm going to guess. Some of you have. Okay. If we're being honest with ourselves, I'm being honest. Um, so let's go ahead. Let's throw it up. So 15% is the magic number. Where are we at right now? 8.2%. So 
let's call it 8% savings going shipping intermodal versus truckload. Not yep. a lot. Only eight. Yeah. Another way to, the best way to put this is that it is only 8% cheaper to ship something on a rail than over the road. Yeah. Right. You're only paying X 8% more for a truck, which yeah. is well worth it. Right. You're getting faster transit, the lower risk of your, of, of product being damaged. Right. You, you, um, you tracking, right. You can do checking calls. You can see it moving on the road. A lot of times you can't do that with rail paying 8% extra for all those added service benefits. Count me in all day. Yeah, I mean, and just, I mean, if we look just um, from just over a year ago, mm -hmm. so in April of 2022, it was at a smidge over 14%. Yep. So we've seen it go from 14% to 8%. I mean, yeah, you lost six points. That's a lot. Yep. That's a lot. And to the, lose. the reason, you know, somebody might ask, well, how does it go from, you know, how did it get from 14 to 8? The reason is, is that, Rail companies have a lot more buying power in the rail market than contract truckload rates do, right? Because there's only really like honestly five or six IMCs in the in, yeah. the, in the you know in the rail market. They have a lot of pricing power, so there's definitely been a floor in rail rates for sure for a while, right? And so if rail rates aren't moving and contracted truckload rates continue to fall, that's what's making that difference is the fact that truckload continues to get cheaper. So. I don't think the story is necessarily that th that it's a 7% discount. I think the story here is the devaluation of over-the-road trucking. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's become so devalued compared to other service levels in the marketplace that it's only 7%, only eight, sorry, 8% difference. Um, uh -huh. that, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, truckload has become so devalued from rates dropping over the last two and a half years. Mm. Yep. That's a great, that's a great way to put it. And, and really, yeah, it's been in, it goes to show you, you, you hit on this, right? The biggest trucking companies in the world really only see two and a half, three percent of the market. The biggest ones in the United States, it's two and a half, three percent of the market. They really have very little power and control over the market, mm -hmm. right? They might have a lot of influence within a particular company or customer, but, on but the over the actual market, yeah. very little compared to the, yeah, those rail companies, they control the market. Not the companies, the market. Yeah. Now, the now there's a lot of different actual rail carriers, but it's, but but every single rail carrier has to go through an IMC, and there's right. only five or six of those, right? And so you have to use one of those IMCs in order to move freight from A to B. And so that that's the reason is that those five or six people have the pricing power, and they determine they basically determine the market. And if and there's one less now, right? Because Canadian National acquired or merged with uh, Kansas so, City Southern. Correct. So two two combined, right? Yeah. yeah. So now you've got five, really. Um, and one of those is a broker, C. H. Thompson. That's true. Yep. Which is, which is crazy, right? So the broker that only sees roughly about three percent of the market is also huge has huge buying power in the rail market. Yeah, yeah. it's an amazing game. How much it changes. Want to flip scripts here for just a minute. I do want to talk about something on the truckload side real quick. Mm -hmm. So this is something we don't talk a lot about this, but wait times, right? How long are trucks having to wait at facilities to get loaded and unloaded? We talk about this a lot, right? It's a pain point for carriers. The longer they wait, the more money they lose, yep. right? Because they're not driving. They're not getting paid for those miles. Even if you're paid detention, a lot of times detention is more so just a wash, right? It's not something you want. And that's assuming you even get detention. So we want to look at these wait times here because they have started to improve. I think warehouses, and maybe this is just the bottlenecks, there's just less demand. But if we look at this chart right here, this measures the wait time in minutes over the last five over the last five years. It's never been this low. 114 minutes on this is a good chart. Average. It's a great chart. It's a really good chart. I, I haven't looked at this in a minute. That that's yeah, did not know that. Five year low, 
for wait times. Only 140 minutes, so that's what? Just under two hours. Just, just under two hours, which yeah. still think about it like, I don't know, two hours is a long time. To that's a long time. Now, I do want to add a, add a clarifying point. This isn't two hours of actual loading time. Okay. This is measured from the time the truck enters the facility. Okay. Okay. So you might enter a facility, you got to go through security, you got to get to your dock or whatever, do all the, all the, all the bells and whistles, right? So this includes all of that time. So the actual loading and unloading time, it, it could be 30 minutes, gotcha. but this includes time at that facility. So this is like a geofence situation yeah. where they're, as soon as they hit the fence or yeah. within two miles of, of the, yeah, uh, it's, the it's about, uh, about hundred meters. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, totally. But still, I mean, uh, the fact that this is at a five-year low tells me that loading time has gotten shorter. Right. That's the X factor here, right? You know, you can only get through security so quickly. You can only do your check-in stuff so quickly. But the actual loading and unloading time, that's where you make up the time. So I guess my question here is, do you think that this is due to there being less freight per shipper per day? Or do you think that this is because shippers have become more efficient in loading processes? Well, that's a good question. I'd love to say it's because they become more efficient, right? Because there's more automated things, right? That's helping them to kind of work in the warehouse better. But um, I don't know the answer to that. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know if we have, I don't know, yeah. we'll have to take a look at the data, but- I mean, it's easy to really... point the finger at demand and say, oh, demand is down, therefore it should be easier. Yep. But we don't know what the labor situation is like or the automation system's like, right? So that could tell us a different story. I think maybe both. I think, a little, I think, I think it's a little bit of both. It could be. Yeah. I mean, there, there's probably, I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of investments made over the last three years by a lot of shippers into the warehousing side of things to help automate. Um, so that definitely could have played a role, but yeah, that's a great chart. We'll try to figure that out. We got a big warehousing session going on, uh, at future supply chain. So maybe we can figure something out there and we'll come and share the results with you if you're not able to make it. But anyways, folks, um, we will, we will be, uh, uh, doing with Sonar next week, but it will be at the show. So tune into the live stream there and hopefully you can catch a little something. If not, we'll see you the following week and have a fantastic rest of your day.